My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Over beyond the headlines. This is beyond the headlines. We're Renee Washington. Ah, joining me now, live, the man, the myth, the voice. And the insider behind the NBA, it is Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Brandon, welcome back. You've been here before. Welcome back to the show. That's not I never left. What's going on, Renee? Congratulations on one year. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us because you have been dropping a lot of inside information on the NBA for a long time. And especially now with the NBA bubble and the return of the league, I feel like you're the perfect person to have on the show to get into what is going on down in Orlando. So I'm just I'm just curious, your initial thoughts as you've had a number of conversations with players. What are some of the initial thoughts and takeaways from what's going on in the bubble, not just on the court, but off the court as well? I think it's all just very new. Uh, You know, you look at this situation in Orlando, some people describe it as a big AAU tournament without fans. 
Um, it's a situation where you got 22 teams uh, and people are trying to figure it out, filling out those 16 spots in both the NBA's Eastern and Western conferences respectively. But uh, when, when you look at just the bubble at large, um, there's just a lot of mystery to it. You know, when, mm -hmm. when you're bubble, do you think of the movie Bubble Boy? Do you think of like, what's what's the allure of, you know, what's going on? It's so in, uh, intriguing. They created a Twitter account, an NBA bubble Twitter account. But um, to, to directly answer your question, uh, Renee, I, I think that with the bubble, um, the situation with the bubble is, um, you know, they start playing games on the 30th and um, they, they're playing some exit or some scrimmages next week. But I think bigger than anything else, I think the health part is a big issue. You've seen mm. some where players, you know, have tested positive or have violated some rules. And then you have the, the snitch hotline uh, where guys are not only calling people. <laughs> that name, man. It's a lot of different factors that are going on right now, but it, it's the entertaining part. But you know, hopefully there'll be some games that can be played soon. Yeah, and that's something that I know I've noticed as I've been listening, also listening in on the WNBA Zoom conferences that we've been having for the press and also the NBA ones. It does have that feel of AAU, but also even college. Like you're back, you're now living by your teammates. You now have the opportunity to just run down the hall and knock on their door versus having to go drive to see each other. You're all right there. So from a team chemistry and bonding perspective, it's incredible. You know, for those that are down there, it's a great chance to really connect as a team. But we are seeing some teams that are without players as they're opting out for various reasons, health reasons, social injustice reasons. And that, of course, is going to be a big hit in the league, starting with Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's the biggest name that, that I know when I heard that he had tested positive for COVID, I was like, whoa, this is this is the first player that I know of that's a part of a championship potential team and a top player on that team. And he's, as of now, dealing with COVID. So what were your thoughts? I mean, as the Rockets are looking, they're back with James Harden just leading things. Part of bringing in Westbrook was to now have two guys to lead the team come postseason specifically. And now it's back to just being Harden's team in the postseason. What are your thoughts on the Rockets and their chances as they were a team that was a, a favorite in this style specifically of what's almost like an AAU tournament. Yeah, you know, I, I had some questions at the trading deadline when they, they traded Clint Capella uh, to the Atlanta Hawks and you know, PJ Tucker is their starting center uh, at six foot five. But if you think sit and you think about it, um, that is Mike D'Antoni basketball. Um more mm -hmm. basketball. You, you go back to the Phoenix Suns days with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and, and, and other guys on that team. That that's 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 uh that's Houston Rockets basketball now. That's D'Antoni basketball forever. Um, so um, I think it, what I think is interesting about that dichotomy with the Rockets is that um, the Rockets literally can run you out the building. I think to mm -hmm. them, it would be a track meet with the Memphis Grizzlies, who are an eight seed in the Western Conference, a young team. Um, but I, I think with Russell Westbrook and the, 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 the initial question that you asked, um, you know, him testing positive for COVID, you know, he's going to quarantine. Anytime, you know, these a lot of these players, these players tested a little bit before 4th of July. And so when right. he came back, they traveled on the 6th, the 7th, the 8th. And then you had those two weeks where guys are getting in the rhythm of playing, practicing, and, 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 and more. So I think, you know, once Russell tests negative, he'll be able to go back. You saw it with the Denver Nuggets is Nikola Jokic. Uh, who you know tested positive? He's he's not COVID negative, and um, it's just a, a big maze that people are figuring out. But I think the biggest thing is quarantine, socially distancing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, once that, that that figures out, you know, hopefully Russell will be back in the form, you know, and and helping to guide that team. 
Yeah, I mean, anybody that has tested positive, of course, we just don't know how they're going to come back. I mean, as a whole, this is all new for everyone. We're still not really sure the effects long term of COVID-19. But even we're looking at injuries, Rajon Rondo being one of them, players that are injured and we're not really sure how they're going to come back. I think the biggest thing I always wonder is, you know, if this is a normal season, you've been playing, you're in a rhythm, you're in a momentum that now when you come back, it's kind of you may be a, a little bit rusty, but you're able to jump back in. This is a whole different type of, of sitting out as you're injured, sick, and on top of that, having been out around the pandemic for the last few months to really change your routine. So do you feel like that affects any of these players? I know specifically Ron Rondo, he's not the headliner of the Lakers by any stretch of the imagination, but he still is a role player on that team that brings leadership and experience. So looking specifically at the Lakers and having, you know, a player like Rondo, you have J.R. Smith coming into the fold. You have, you know, different moving parts without having Avery Bradley, Rondo, how does that impact this team, if at all? It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was writing last night. Uh, you want to hear it, the, the, the real, you, you check out Dwight Howard's Instagram Live. And um, last night on Instagram Live, he called uh, Rajon Rondo a, a mad scientist. Um, I think it's not so much just Rondo not necessarily being a headliner, but I think it's certain schemes that, that he offers on the bench or just throughout the course of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Dwayne Wade talking to me about just his IQ um, and how Rondo and LeBron James together are, are two of the most the smartest basketball players that he knows. Uh, I think, and I, I know that that those phrases get sound cute, um, but really and truly, him being able to see plays before they happen, him calling out plays during games. Um, him offering insight that maybe others don't see. I, I was having this conversation with a colleague last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Great point guards make great coaches. And so I, I think when you have someone like that, it, it's it's so vital. Uh, I use this as a perfect example. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers assistant coach Tyron Lue. Uh, on, on, on my podcast, Scoopy Radio, I had John Celestan, who used to play on the Lakers with uh, Lou some years ago, he talked about even when Lou was a Laker, you saw the imprints of a coach, of a great coach. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think when you tend to go back to your question about Rondo, I think it's a great miss. He'll be out six to eight weeks uh, with, with thumb issues. Uh, Mario Chalmers kind of uh, yes. auditioned via social media to want to wanna be, um, you know, the, the replacement. I talked to Mario earlier this week on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and he said, you know, I know what it's like to play with LeBron. I know what it what what I've won two championships with him. I know what it takes to be great. You know, sign me on. So I think the Lakers at large, you know, even before um, the pandemic, were, were retooling. You you, you added uh, Deion Waiters. You added J.R. Smith, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, Dwight Howard was an addition last summer that they brought in that's paid dividends. I think averages about one two point two blocks per game alongside Anthony Davis. I think the Lakers um, are a a high seeded underdog. Um, that that has a chance to do some good things uh, with a with a very locked in uh, LeBron James, uh, and I, I think the sky's the limit, the floor is the ceiling. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up some great points in the fact that you're going to have players like J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters coming into Orlando. I'm curious to know if there are any players or teams specifically that you feel like really benefit from all this change. This is not the usual NBA season. I know everyone keeps bringing up the question of whether or not there should be an asterisk on the whoever wins the championship. That discussion aside, this is still not 
anything normal. Now, I don't know if it makes it more difficult or less difficult, but at the end of the day, it's still the NBA. You're still playing alongside the best players in the league. So regardless of how you're you're playing, where you're playing, the fact that we had the pandemic shut down the league for a few months, it's still the best players in the in the NBA competing. So I do think, though, with having this break, it has allowed teams to maybe even regroup get some players healthy looking at the Celtics with Kemba Walker looking at, you know, different players around the league that may have been nicked up a little bit before this this all shut down or even just having the opportunity. I know some teams have been doing a lot of zoom calls and a lot of things behind the scenes during the pandemic, you know, that, that they could safely do to really bring their team chemistry together. Do you see any teams or players that you feel like really will benefit from all that COVID has this chaos that it has created? Two teams, Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Oh, not expecting them throughout throughout the course of they've dealt with issues throughout the course of the season. Uh, injuries have been their Achilles heels to start the season. Damian Lillard out, CJ McCollum mm-hmm. throughout the course of the season. Um, and but the, and even Yusuf Nurkic, who has not played a game in the NBA season this year, right? Uh, Collins as well. Um, so I, I think that Collins. I think there's a situation where. Um, they brought in Carmelo Anthony, uh, a guy who was the, the NBA's player of the month in November mm-hmm. out the gate. We had something to prove. Um, and, you know, I think that with the Portland Trailblazers, you look at their record, they're in ninth place behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. If you look at the games that Portland lost, had they had Damian Lillard, we wouldn't be having this. Is Portland going to be an eight seed conversation? Um, specifically because when you look at the seedings back, or rather the, the standings back in January, Portland struggled a bit. You know, I love John Moran's game. Uh, I like Jaron Jackson's Jackson Jr.'s game. I, I like they're a young team um, that, that caught some breaks, but they're actually really good, and they're going to be a problem in the future. Um, I, I got a chance to check them out back in February and, and was, was, was thoroughly impressed with their play. Uh, but Portland was a Western Conference finalist team last year um, without Carmelo Anthony. And so Terry Stotts' team, you know, in the bubble, having some time off, everybody's enamored with Carmelo Anthony and all the weight that he lost. Yeah. I think that they can be a problem. Um, and I th- it would be a great first-round matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they match up very well. But the issue that I do have with Portland is um, their bench. Okay, mm-hmm. so do you do you, do you you bring Hassan Whiteside off the bench? Do you Is your starter five – you know, uh, Lillard, McCollum, Mello, Collins, Nurkic, or do you start Nurkic and Whiteside together? Kind of a similar, similar, similar situation with the Philadelphia 76ers, which leads to my next team. Uh, I think the Sixers are in a good situation, um, particularly because they've dealt with injuries. I mean, at the trading deadline, they brought in Alec Burks. They brought in Glenn Robinson III. Uh, they, they, they have – uh, expendable big man issue with you know uh, Al Horford as well as with the Joel Embiid. Um, so I, I think when you look at that, plus the fact that there's now starting uh, Ben Simmons at the, at the power forward position, uh, and 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 you know are looking to make him more of a scorer. Uh, I, I find it interesting. I spoke with Brett Brown yesterday, and we discussed just how. Um, I felt that it was a seminal moment where Ben has moved off the ball in the same way LeBron James was. And he, he kind of saw the similarity, saw the parity. But I think Philadelphia moving Ben Simmons to the power forward position is going to be interesting. I like it. 
Um, and I think Portland and, and Philadelphia are going to be two intriguing teams to watch that aren't being talked about. And they're not the Clippers, the Lakers, the, the Bucks. You know, I think that's a great point in the fact that right now it's so easy for us to, and of course I'm a LeBron James fan, so I have been talking a lot about the Lakers, but even just more than that, everyone is talking about the bigger name teams on the West. We're talking about the Clippers, Lakers on the East. We're talking about the Bucks, Celtics. You know, we aren't really talking enough. I mean, the Raptors get a little more rep, especially since the, the, the regular season that they had proved a lot of people wrong that even without Kawhi, they can still be a top team in the East. But I don't think we're talking enough about teams like the Blazers, like the Grizzlies, like the Sixers, the Heat. You know, there's a lot of teams right now that we're kind of just we've already written off because we're so focused on the top two and, and, the, and the heavy hitters, so to speak. Yes. And so I do think that this year, especially, you know, with everybody talking about all the uncertainty of how teams are going to come back as an athlete, I can say we don't know how players are going to come back. You know, it's hard to go from training by yourself. To e even with having games leading up to the playoffs, it's still not the same amount of time you would have had had you had the regular season finish out and transition into the playoffs like normal. So mm -hmm. there still is a lot of uncertainty around the league's return, and I'm definitely glad you brought up the Sixers. I know Dwight Howard made a comment to you that you uh, shared about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid gets under so many people's skin. Mm -hmm. he, does <laughs> he is a player that so many people really just – cannot stand to play against or cannot stand to watch because of his antics, because of his attitude, his behavior, his comments. Um, but I do want to know, and there's a, a comment here that somebody has, do you think Simmons moving to the four is a permanent move? And I know you touched on Ben Simmons and, and what Brett Brown was saying regarding his move to the four. And I'm curious and interested to see how it's going to play out. But do you think this is going to work or do you think this is more of like a last-ditch effort and for Brett Brown trying to figure out what they can do for the Sixers to get over that hump to be a team that's not only in the top of the East, but coming out of the conference and headed to the NBA Finals. Well, from what Brett shared uh, yesterday, it was his decision to move Ben to that position and it was based upon things that he saw uh, during, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to say the first, the, the, the beginning of the season, but the season has just been <laughs> like The beginning of the chop. pandemic season. <laughs> it's like Lamb Chop, it's like the song that never ends and goes in on, on and on my friends. Um, but, but to specifically answer your question about Ben Simmons, um, do I think it's a last-ditch effort? No. I think that there is so much spacing on the floor and guys that are unconventionally tall and and their skill sets do so many different things. Like, when you look at um, Joel Embiid, he is literally Hakeem Olajuwon footwork with his mm. rubber frame. I, he has positions three through five abilities, but he's still a power forward. Right. Messing with a six eight point guard, it's not like Ben Simmons is John Stockton. It's not like Ben Simmons is is, is Derrick Rose in type. You're literally playing LeBron James next to Chris Webber, so to speak. Right. You got to move some things down and shift some things. Shake Milton moving to the point guard position kind of balances that out as a primary playmaker where um, he, he's getting Vincent in the ball. I remember watching the playoffs uh, last season and um, Jimmy Butler playing for the Sixers um, at points during their, their, their run against the Raptors was 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 the primary ball handler in, in, in the half court system. And right. watching Ben Simmons uh, move off uh the top of the key and, and getting getting scoring reminded it felt like watching LeBron James or Stephon Marbury get to the cup. You know, many people make assessments about the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot. 
in playing point guard, he doesn't mm -hmm. have to focus so much on shooting and distributing. He can focus on getting to the basket. And right. I think Ben Simmons moving to the four allows him to score and beat your favorite team's power forward off the dribble. Now, what I'm interested in seeing is defensively, <laughs> will Ben Simmons guard point guards or power right. forwards? Right. And it's funny because I was talking to Alec Burks about this. He said, it would surprise you how good of a defender Ben Simmons is. I'm going to be paying attention to that because I think that um, one of the things that's interesting about Philly is I think them losing J.J. Redick and them losing Jimmy Butler is starting to show now. And I think that them making certain adjustments now going into the bubble may actually save their season. Right. Um, and maybe not make them a first round upset. So it, I think that these adjustments that they're making are at least going to be something that happens during the season. But I still think him as a playmaker, I, I still see him doing some things in the playoffs that still allow him to run the tempo of the offense. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is Ben Simmons has, although we've been seeing videos of him, he's shooting more threes now apparently than ever before in Orlando right now. But he really still is not that. <laughs> and that is going to be interesting to see how that translates to the game altogether, because right now I'm seeing him shooting threes and drills occasionally in their in their scrimmages that they're doing. But it's still not nearly the same pace of a game. So it's, I hope he does bring that perimeter game. But we know for a fact his strength is not that. So if he's closer to the basket, if you have him in the low post, you have him. He sees the floor very well. So now if there's that pressure off of him, he doesn't have to bring the ball up. He doesn't have to run the half-court offense. He doesn't have to run the ball and try to get to the basket. He can be he can allow Shake Milton and other players to run the offense, and now he can be more involved in maybe more pick and rolls, and maybe you have him lower and closer to the basket, which is his strength. So offensively, I, I could see where that would pay off. It's just a matter of I think the defensive side is a great point, but also how is this going to play out long-term? I know the Sixers need to figure something out because Sixers fans are – Definitely growing tired of that almost shoulda, coulda, woulda, four bounces away, and we lose uh, postseason experiences. Yeah, and I mean, and I think they have other guys on that roster that that are able to do some things um, besides Ben, besides Shake, besides Al Horford, um, mm -hmm. at large. Um, I, I like Glenn Robinson the uh, third, and he and I spoke some time ago, um, right before uh, the pandemic, and you know, right. Uh, after the trading deadline, and he talked about how much his time with the Golden State Warriors um, allowed him to kind of just watch and, and, and create his second act. And, and scoring-wise, I, I think um, he can do that. Um, I, I like um, some of the other guys that are on that team that are still finding their way. Um, they're gifted at the power forward and center position, and I think that, you know, I think that they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right better than maybe some may think. Yeah, definitely. I know we have a question about if you – had the chance to talk to Co Coach Brown about who the possible starting two is going to be right now. Or did he even allude to who the starting five is? I know a lot of teams, um, for me specifically working around the Wizards, there's questions around the starting five with teams that are missing some guys or making some changes in their offense. Specifically uh, for the Sixers, have you had a chance to hear who might be their starting five right now? He didn't say, um, but he has marveled um, at – uh, Matisse Thibel's defensive ability has said that Matisse was a disruptor um, on defense in practices. He did not name his starting two, um, but I would imagine that um, I would imagine that he'll 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 uh, he's still taking making an assessment of what that is. I think they have a gift at having so many perimeter players. We didn't even talk about Tobias Harris, 
Um, that's, I feel like most times we don't. <laughs> most people, every time I have conversations around the Sixers, it's Ben and Joel. We touch on Al Horford. But mm -hmm. a lot of people do seem to forget about Tobias yeah. Harris. But they, go ahead. And to be honest with you, um, I know you look on Twitter and Sixers fans are like, well, does Josh Richardson come off the bench? Does he do this? Does he do that? I, I think, you know, Matisse Thibel was a defensive stopper in college and came into the NBA and, you know, it's the same thing. Matisse kind of talked about that yesterday on the Zoom call where, you know, he said this feels like this is really like his second season, even though he doesn't feel like it's his rookie season. You know, he's learned so much. Aside from him doing the documentaries and everything that he's doing during That's the – good. He, um, he legitimately is, is comfortable in his role, but I would imagine that Josh Richardson and Matisse Thibel, one of those two, could be the starting two. Um, but like I said, it, it's going to be so interesting to just see the new look lineup-wise Sixers because they're still the same team, but new look lineup. If I was Brett Brown today, I'd start Shake at the one. Um, I'd start Matisse at the two. At mm -hmm. the three, I would start Tobias. At the four, Ben Simmons. At the five, uh, Joel. Yeah. So my last question to you, and that's a good lineup, by the way. That's a great lineup for the Sixers. Um, my last question for you as we're talking through some sleeper teams, some things that are going on in the bubble. Of course, we're continuing to watch, uh, as a lot of players are doing behind the scenes, like uh, documentaries or vlogs, which mm -hmm. have been really entertaining to see what's going on. But I definitely want to know, as of July 18th, when we're having this conversation, who your picks are, and if it's changed, but who your picks are in the NBA Finals, and then if you have a winner to win it all, without having seen the teams play a single game yet, who you think is going to come out of the East and the West and meet up in the Finals? In the East, uh, I still think it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Loaded from positions 1 through 15. Um and it's not so much just Giannis, it's the supporting cast of Giannis. Former Sixer Kyle Corver's on that team. Um, you, you have Brooke Lopez and his son of brother to uh, Robin Lopez on that team. You just defensively, mm -hmm. offensively, on both sides of the ball. I like Milwaukee from a, from a Western Conference perspective, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I, I've been on the front the last couple of years of just what's been going on. And I think that the Lakers getting rest um, has helped them during the pandemic. The Clippers, to me, are still a, a threat um, because positions one through fifteen, they're great defensively. They're great, but there's something about the Lakers that I that I do like, and there's something about the, the Milwaukee Bucks that I like. Yeah, well, I of course just still think that playoff LeBron cannot be beat right now. Um, knock on wood. You know, I, I know a lot of people have written him off. I know a lot of people are also saying that this is a must-win year for him because of the fact that we have coming back next year players like Kyrie and KD. Clay Thompson, the Warriors are looking to regroup and rebound next year to have a better season. So a lot of people are putting the pressure saying that this is it for LeBron. It's now or never again. Um, but I, I still think that for the Lakers and LeBron, this is their year. You know, I thought that before. And I actually still think the Celtics coming out of the East have a little bit more. And I think they, they match up well with the Bucks to be able to come out of the East. So that's my guess. But, you know, we're 50% we're the same. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, and the Celtics, uh, hands down, are, are, are a good team. Um, Jalen Brown, and talking to him a couple of months ago just about where the Celtics are, one of the things that he said to me, I, I said, do you feel like you guys have something to prove? He goes, we still have to prove ourselves. Mm -hmm. we're, we're still figuring things out. But 
you know, he told me that the chemistry, the camaraderie with guys like Kimball Walker has, has been A1 since day one. Uh, he said that he really got to know uh, Kemba when they played in Team USA basketball. And he, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Um, so this is a squad that, you know, has, has been gelling for a long time. And it, like you talked about how people talk about the Sixers and leave out certain players. Uh, mm -hmm. I think in the Eastern Conference conversations, people often leave out the Boston Celtics uh, in that same vein. So now you're on to something and um, – It'll be an interesting bubble. Uh, hopefully, everyone stays safe and uh, you know they pull this thing out in Orlando because if they don't play, um, the NBA will lose two billion dollars. Yeah, this will be. And also, you just want to see this play out safely. You know, at the end of the day, and I know the league's been doing a lot to make sure that players are being tested and everybody that's there being tested daily, making sure that they're keeping everybody separate. And really I've been watching, even in the press conferences, they're doing a great job of wiping everything down and sanitizing everything, just making sure to minimize any opportunity. They're wiping it down, wipe it down. <laughs> B-O-O-S-I. <laughs> um, what do you know about that? Scoopy. Um, so, uh, my last point is I still do think that the Lakers actually have depth, despite what everybody says. I had them coming out of the West. LeBron James is still the best player in the league. A healthy Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, whenever he gets back, you still have Dwight, you still had JaVel McGee. There's a number of players that have playoff experience, championship experience Danny on Green. that roster, Danny Green. So I still am picking the Lakers and I'm picking the Celtics, but we'll see who is right between the two of us. So Scoop B., Thank you for joining the show. Let everybody know where they can follow you to keep up with all that you're doing, your NBA coverage. And for those that are listening and watching, Scoop B's name, his work, his interviews are getting shown across the top networks in the country right now. You're being picked up by the biggest outlets because you're the one, as we've talked about before, that's actually in these conversations, getting this in this information from players, which is incredible. So where can people follow to get more now that I'm Blew your spot up a little more. <laughs> Scoopy Radio Podcast is available on all streaming platforms. 2.1 million streams uh, last year. Uh, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, or simply by visiting ScoopyRadio.com. Um, you can check out my work. I'm a senior writer at Heavy.com. Uh, we do three to seven million hits daily online. So, I mean, we're 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 not no chump change chump change operation. Um, and you know, ch check out my, my stuff, conversations and beefs on Twitter sometimes at, at Scoop B, <laughs> S-C-O-O-P letter B on Twitter and Scoop underscore B on both Instagram and Snapchat. And what was that number 2.1? You just casually threw that out there, the number of streams you had? We've had a lot of different guests. Um, we've been, Scoopy Radio has been around since 2016, literally started out of a Timberland box, had old um, episodes that I digitized from stuff that I had as a kid. It started out as a time capsule interviews with BJ Armstrong, the Kimmy Matumbo from the nineties. And then, you know, more current today, like Tiki Barber, Shaquille O'Neal, um, a myriad of other people. So you know, it's definitely a, a good situation to be in and, um, you know, we'll continue to grind and grow. I love it. I love it. Well, Scoop B, thank you so much for taking time to join our special one-year anniversary edition of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I'm so happy we had a chance to talk NBA with you, and I'm excited to see as the league unfolds your coverage and also to see who is correct out of the two of us. So sure. thank you again so much for joining. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Renee. Of course. Of course. And this is Scoop B Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Come on. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 